Hey everyone, it's Rob Liefeld. We are here at Observations headquarters, ready to dive into another crazy episode. Uh, I have got bad guys on the brain. Bring on the bad guys is a series we are going to uh, do going back and forth episodes here and there, highlighting some of the greatest villains, bad guys, their motivations, their origins, many of which you might not know. And uh, because our heroes are always defined only by our bad guys. And truth be told, one of my uh, pivots towards this was created in regards to all of the discussion that we've been having um, about uh, Vision, Scarlet Witch, WandaVision has created a lot of dialogue on the internet, in social media, about power levels. And it is increasingly obvious to me that so many people only believe that the power levels that they're seeing exhibited in the Marvel films are that that, that is their only resource for for the in reference for how powerful all these characters are. And as we who have grown up um, knowing all about Scarlet Witch and her abilities and her immense power uh, have always known and been aware, we we know that like she can go, you know, thermo omniscient powerful level to where she can level. Uh, the entire Avenger squad, alter reality for the entire Marvel Universe. She is a uber-level power uh, uh, character in the Marvel Universe, but so many people are just judging her by her appearances thus far, and there were a lot of um, people, it was hilarious how many people, when I actually, I was answering somebody's question on Twitter when they said, has Scarlet's always been this powerful? This was back during issue episode three, and I said, yes, she has always been this powerful. And man, did I get, uh, oh, I don't want to say attacked, but yeah, it was attacked uh, by the, uh, the what I call the MCU, uh, you know, students who, who only go by what they see in the films. And they uh, were relentless in saying, no, she's not as powerful. She's not that powerful. You're wrong. And uh, the she, she, like, why did Thanos just take her out so easily? And so on episode five of WandaVision, when uh, Agent Wu is uh, able to say she is as powerful and could have taken out Thanos. It was like the mic drop. Like, look, you guys, uh, what you're seeing is an evolution. This is long form storytelling uh, at, at, its, um, at, its, at its nadir. I mean, they, they are... Marvel is really taking us on this years-long journey that will, I'm, I'm sure, will continue past my own lifetime. Given that someone will continue handing the baton off to someone else as they share this saga as it unfolds, and and for me, in the comic book world, I've been doing this for 46 years, so th- they've only really been engaged with you on the level that they have been engaged. In engaged in this manner for about 12 years. Think of all the characters they have yet to uh, truly explore, truly exploit. And so this, this idea of Wanda suddenly now being so powerful that she can subdue an entire community, according to the latest episode, thousands. So that's really where we're going to... Thousands of people in this community have been subdued and are being controlled and under this you know, they finally use the word hex in regards to to uh, Scarlet Witch. I mean, they are really now beginning to uh, dive deeper into the comics. As you guys know, the comic books is my 
is my thing. That's where I live. That's where I breathe. So I got to thinking about the different power levels that I've experienced over my time consuming comic books uh, since childhood. And I figured it would be a great place to delve into the true levels of the power, many of which you have not yet encountered, but will soon be encountering because it is inevitable that several of these villains are on deck given that Thanos, while I believe, honestly, I, I do believe we'll see Thanos again. He's too rich of a character and you can tell him uh, in, in, in prequel stories, it would not be surprised. It would not surprise me to see him in the Eternals in some way in a, in a, in, in a story that, that, that details his past. I mean, if George Lucas has shown us one thing, it is that the past is as rich as the present and the future, given all of the Clone Wars episodes, the Rebels, the prequels themselves, now the Mandalorian, now all of the spinoff shows. I mean, there is so much that, that has been built out that was constructed off of a few sentences in the original 1977 Star Wars movie. Sentences pertaining to the, the, the Jedi Council, the Jedi Knights, the Clone Wars. They have mined this for some incredibly rich and expansive and extensive material. And I do believe Marvel is going to do the same. So with Bring On The Bad Guys, which we'll be focusing on intermittently, we're going to do a deep dive. And there is no one who is more deserved, deserving of a deeper dive than for me, my favorite Marvel villain in their canon uh, of all time. And, and, and I haven't seen him done spectacularly well in years, but it doesn't matter because the great stories of Victor Von Doom are plentiful. They have been done and crafted by the masters of, 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 of comic books. And that th there is a rich, rich character and world building in, involved with Victor Von Doom. And I do believe that it is inevitable that, that Dr. Doom is coming Maybe he's a tag at the end of Black Widow. Maybe he's the um, sole uh, uh, character that they focus on in, in Fantastic Four. Either way, given how much that I know from my personal discussions with Kevin Feige at, at different industry events, how much he values the Stan and Jack Kirby uh, run, you know, Fantastic Four is, is wildly believed to be the richest run in the history of comics. The character work, the world building, the, the 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 cast of characters they introduced is so vast, is so rich. But I'm going to tell you, and, and hopefully today, you learn a whole bunch of stuff about Victor Von Doom that you did not know. Because as a kid, as I continued to learn about Victor Von Doom and, and, and everything that made up his character, he is perhaps one of the most, if not the best, rendered all-around character in the Marvel Universe. And you're going to find out at the end of the day, you're going to go, wow, that there, there's really, it's hard to argue some of the stuff I'm going to set out for, for you. But the cool thing about Doctor Doom, and the thing that really perked me up in 1979 when I first encountered that he was so much more than this man with this technologically advanced armor who was the ruler of a kingdom called Latveria. It, he was a... Uh, top-level sorcerer. He had this supernatural bent to his abilities that went on that, that went hand-in-hand hand with his technical prowess and him being one of the greatest minds of all time. He himself says that the only mind that he shares that rivals, that, that, that rivals his own 
uh, that he shares a rivalry with is Reed Richards. He does not, in the comic books, has not uh, viewed Tony Stark or Hank Pym on the same level as Reed Richards. Reed Richards and Victor Von Doom are seen as the two giant size brainiacs of the Marvel Universe, and they always have. And that has been very consistent with the world that Stan and Jack built from the ground up. And as great as Tony Stark is, and I understand that so much, even in Age of Ultron, because they hadn't had Hank Pym, they had to have Ultron have this relationship and this resentment with Tony Stark when that's not how it was in the comic books. It was Ultron and Hank Pym, and it was a really like vicious father-son, you know, Dr. Frankenstein and his monster relationship that, that just, it wasn't, the resonance wasn't there. And it's one of those rare instances where I think the character work uh, wasn't given enough play to make the standard guy who showed up to see it uh, with a bo- with a with a tub of popcorn and a Coke who only followed these movies via the actors and the performances. I just don't think the Ultron relationship was as rich as it was for all of us in the comic books. Well, in regards to Doctor Doom, so so maybe you don't know that he is and has been told, and it has been stated repeatedly in the comic books that other than Stephen Strange. He is the other the, the second candidate on Earth to be the Sorcerer Supreme. He has gone toe-to-toe in a contest with Doctor Strange in a graphic novel called Triumph and Torment that was put out in the late 80s by Marvel Comics. It was written by Roger Stern. It was illustrated by Mike Mignola. It is gripping. It, it delves further into the origins of Doctor Doom and has the giant payoff for something that they had, they had been building to for almost... 25 years of my own uh, comic book consumption. And in the pages of Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, it opens with a contest of sorcerers to claim the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme. And Doctor Strange really has to uh, do this last-minute astral projection gambit to best Doctor, Doctor Doom in this battle, and right now, maybe you're going, wait, what, Dr. Doom is a sorcerer? He is, and and that is what, what really rounded the character out for me and made him even more compelling to me as a young reader, because I was like, wow, this guy's really twisted, and wait till you understand why. So, Dr. Strange and Dr. Doom have this bout where Doom nearly bests him, again, if not for this gambit that Dr. Strange sets sets forth, and by winning the Sorcerer Supreme, he is then uh, told by the Ashanti, the, the Ancient One, that he must grant a wish to the runner-up. And again, throughout the book, they say that, and, and Doctor Strange is very unnerved by the fact that if he were to fall, that the Sorcerer Supreme mantle, the powers, the, the, the that, that, that moniker would be bestowed on Victor Von Doom, who he says is a dangerous, corrupt, vile man. But he has to grant a wish to Dr. Doom, Dr. Strange, so Stephen Strange. So if we're doing the movies, it's Benedict Cumberbatch, right? And we've all seen how ridiculously powerful Stephen Strange is. So many of you who who uh, only view your knowledge of the Marvel Universe, I don't hold it against you. I have two kids. Well, I have three kids, <laughs> but only two who engage in the Marvel Universe uh, in this way. But, you know, they don't know this stuff. And, 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 and so I feel like these are like my, my dying tapes to my kids, like listen to like on my deathbed, I'll be like, and Luke uh, or Chase that my, my son's Luke and Chase. I'll, I'll be like, if, if you want to know more about these comics, listen to dad's podcasts. Okay. So, so these are sometimes 
uh, being recorded for their benefit. So like, wow, I didn't know Dr. Doom was a sorcerer, like worthy of Sorcerer Supreme. So again, think about the guy who's sitting there in Endgame seeing a, you know, a gazillion realities and, 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 and who is able to go toe-to-toe with Thanos for a brief period. Think about the fact that the other guy, the guy number two to him, is not Baron Mordo. It is Victor Von, Do- Von Doom. And this is carried throughout Marvel for years and years and years. Again, now take the technological prowess and, and Dr. Doom's complete lust for power. But in this instance, in this graphic novel, it's the follow-up to what happened to the single most important person that drives the formation of who Victor Von Doom is. And that is his mother, Cynthia Von Doom, who is trapped in hell, her soul bound to, wait for it, drum roll please, Mephisto. You hear that name a lot right now, Mephisto, because somehow he is being uh, uh, talked and linked and, and discussed as, as as having tethers to WandaVision, and he does have adventures. Mephisto is the devil in the Marvel Universe. We're going to have to do an entire episode based on Mephisto, but right now, for your knowledge, you need me to share with you this epic page in Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. So I'm going to open this beautiful hardcover graphic novel. Oh man, these things were fantastic. This splash page where Mephisto is so pissed off at the fact that he has been tricked by Doom and Strange's gambit down in the depths of hell because that's where he's holding Dr. Doom's mom. And yes, this goes all the way back to the Stan and Jack stuff. He says, you have called me demon and monster, okay? And that's in a certain font in in regards to the lettering. But I am the Lord of demons. Now the lettering got much bigger and much bolder. The emphasis, he is yelling this. The ultimate monster, I am the living evil. I am Mephisto. So Mephisto is the devil. He is the devil of the Marvel Universe. He is Satan. He is, you know, Mephistopheles, okay, which is known as Mephisto. He has gone toe-to-toe with all the heavy hitters in the Marvel Universe. And interestingly enough, the one weakness that Mephisto has is the same weakness that the devil has. As Doctor Strange so aptly puts it, as he is um, battling Mephisto, he says, you know, that basically you are subject to our belief in you. And whether we... Um, you know, how much faith we put in you. And he says, uh, you know, that 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 it, 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 it's the simple way that you can defeat someone as terrible and as formidable as, um, you know, uh, 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 Mephisto is basically you can be resisted and overcome because what he has over all of us is temptation, okay? And if you resist Mephisto's temptation, And if you overcome that temptation, then the power that he has over you is lessened. But he's always conniving. And and here's the deal. Cynthia Von Doom fell for Mephisto's gambit. She made a deal with the devil, detailed here for the first time in the Stan and Jack in Fantastic Four Annual number two. And you can find that. Uh, if you can find it in a back issue and get a paper copy, better better to you. That's going to cost you some money. It's going to set you back. It's it's from the '60s. It is an older book, Fantastic Four Annual Number Two. But in in but you can get it digitally on Comicsology, you know, and you can you can fact check and and, and experience um, all all that I'm going to share with you in regards to uh, 
in, in, in regards to the wonderful tapestry of the story of Victor Von Doom and, and the beginnings of it. And it all begins with Cynthia Von Doom, who, so she's a gypsy, and Warner Von Doom is her husband. And in the Stan and Jack story, they go out of their way to depict what a kind and gentle man Warner Von Doom was. He was a traveling gypsy healer. And in the local villages and around the kingdom, he was known as the guy you went to when you fell ill or had an injury or an ailment. And he had a wide variety of of, of potions and herbs. And he was a very, um, you know, he was, he was like a, a medicine man. And, and he, but they refer to him repeatedly as a healer. Now, uh, Cynthia uh, uh, had uh, the blood of a witch flowing through her and she consulted with uh, the supernatural elements and she drew, you know, supernatural forces towards her to the point where um, in, in resentment of the Baron of Latveria's crushing rule that he had over them, that she made a pact with the devil in regards, in this case, Mephisto appears to her and she wants this power to uh, bring the Baron to his knees. Well, what happens is that Mephisto says that if you give your soul to me, I will, I will grant you these powers. She then goes into the town and looks to level um, and kill these people. And suddenly as she is harnessing these this powerful magic and supernatural force and she is leveling all of the Baron's men. But what happens is, as she casts her spell over this town, all the children of the town are killed. This is the one thing that Mephisto counted on, tormenting her, was that the spell that she cast in destroying the town, she couldn't control it and hone it to her, her, her own, um, be, be, to the specifics that she wanted. And the children of the town are all killed instantly, kind of a biblical, kind of like, the 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 Passover with the angel of death taking all of Pharaoh's the, the Egyptian children while the Israelites were, were were saved because they painted blood on their doors. So um she is tormented going, no, the babies are innocent. I, I have to renounce this power. But while she is languishing, a uh one of the surviving guardsmen just skewers her with a sword, kills her right there on the spot. And so her supernatural power that she sought to uh, destroy, and you can even hear this if this was made like in the age of the Boris Karloff, when she uh, would do this and it would probably be rolling in black and white, you'd hear, dun, 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 She's stumbling from wall to wall saying, no, I must renounce this power. I did not mean to kill the children. Dun, 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 dun. And then out of the shadows, out of the nook, the, 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 the guardsman who his children have, you know, died um, because all the children died, she, he skewers her. She wanders back to the village and dies in the arms of Werner von Doom. Werner von Doom! So uh, he buried her and uh, moved along knowing that uh, if, if, if the Baron knew, if, if this all reached the Baron and he could connect her to him, that, that his, his son that, that, that they have, Victor von Doom, his life would be uh, in, 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 you know, in danger. So, so Werner concealed this fact and he travels around and, and he hides all of her potions and all of her mystic totems. And, uh, 
you know, he actually repeatedly tries to destroy her trunk of potions and totems, and it is and it is unable to, no matter what, uh, how with the fire he tries to burn it in, or the boulders that he dry, tries to drop on top of it, or the sword that he tries to cut it with, the trunk of Cynthia Von Doom is not able to be damaged in any way, shape, or form. So he hides it. Well, um, one night, uh, as Victor Von Doom grows older, and now we're pivoting totally to the Stan and Jack Fantastic Four Annual Number Two, they are visited by the uh, one of the Baron's men who says that the Baron's wife is is laying dead, and uh, that that she needs to be tended to, and they believe that with his potions and his legend as healer, that he could bring her back to life. And uh, this is all recounted. This part is cool. Doom actually, Dr. Doom in full Dr. Doom regalia wanders out in in Fantastic Four number two with his um, second-in-command named Boris, who has known him. You'll, You'll see Boris knows him as when he is a child and Boris is a much younger man. And they go to commemorate his mother, his mother's passing and honor her in, in, in the countryside where he believes all of this, the site of the gypsy encampment and the slaughter that would, would, would come about that, that, that is about to come out. I mean, obviously her, her mom is, his mom is dead at the point when the, uh, the, the soldiers come to get Warner Von Doom and bring by order of the Baron to the Baron's, uh, wife's bedside in order to heal her. So he says, I'll do my best, but I can't, you know, guarantee. And 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 he says to, to do this, I'm I'm treating the, the 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 members of my own gypsy tribe that have fallen ill. They don't care. Silence. You are to come with us. And even Victor Von Doom says to his dad, "But father, our tribe needs you." And Boris tells Warner, "I will watch over the boy." And and Victor Von Doom is pissed off. Why are they taking you? All he's done his entire life is help our tribe and heal people all around the town and within the kingdom. And uh, and Boris says this ominous, but we are gypsies and this is the price we pay. So he goes to the castle, tends to the Baron's wife, and he tells the Baron, this is hopeless. She is beyond my power. She is in, in ailing so, so much that I can't bring her back. And, and the Baron says, you lie to me, gypsy. You lie to me. Use your potions. Use your magic. Uh, uh, um, save her life or I will pay you. I, I, I will, you will pay with your own life. And, uh, so the, so, so Warner is like, well, okay. He cooperates. He does the best he can. And he says, I, I've done everything I can. You know, I, I've treated her. I've given her herbs. I've given her potions and lotions and, you know, I've done everything I can. The Baron says, you go to the, you go back to your camp and you pray that she is healed because if she doesn't, I'm going to destroy you. He rides out back to his encampment and it shows Warner Ross thoughts are he knows he knows that the baron is going to come and ravage the camp and kill him because he failed to heal a, a wife who was already too far too far gone so he knows when he gets back he grabs victor von doom and he, he grabs his son and he takes off he he gets the hell out of dodge or out of the gypsy encampment because he knows the baron is coming and sure enough the baron the next day sees that his wife is dead and he orders his men to go into the gypsy encampment and slaughter Warner Von Doom and so they arrive 
and they begin massacring the entire gypsy encampment. But in the in the night, uh, Warner has already left uh, with Victor on a horse, and they are going into the forest to try and find uh, you know safe uh, cover so that they can escape the wrath of the Baron's men. And Victor von Doom is like, you know, why did why 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 are we fleeing, Father? Why do we not stand and why do we not fight? Well, the the dad tells him, look, you're you're too much like your mother, okay? Um, she feared nothing, no matter how hopeless the odds, but we are going to try and live again another day. Well, as they are, uh, as they take off from the horse, the horse leaves them and gallops into the forest and they are, uh, alone. And he says, fate has dealt us a tragic blow, Victor, without the horse, we are as good as captured. The rain starts pouring. The elements are against them. It's cold. Um, Victor takes off, Warner Von Doom takes his clothes his shirt, his coat, and puts him on his son as the rain is pouring down on him. And he says, we are not going to surrender, son. And, uh, you know, you have yet a great, greater destiny than mine. And, and he, Victor Von Doom at this point is like, dad, I'm, I'm hungry, I'm cold. And it shows in the snow, in the snow, no less. Victor Von Doom's father has him wrapped up in his own clothes. They're wet, they're tired, they're cold, they're shivering. And you can see the Baron's men search all over the countryside looking to bring him in. Well, finally, his dad falls dead. Okay, his dad falls dead. And B Boris, remember, Boris is with Von Doom in his armor, in his regalia as the emperor of Latveria, the the the, the monarch. And, uh, and here, a younger Boris finds Victor Von Doom over the dead body of his dad, who is frozen to death, who has taken to the, who has fallen to the elements. And he picks up Von Doom who is uh, who is swaddled in, in his father's clothes. And it looks like, you know, Victor Von Doom's probably 10 here. And he says, you know, he he, 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 he grabs him and says he's going to raise him. And uh, the, 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 the Victor Warner Von Doom utters on his deathbed, hear my words, you must protect. You must protect. And then he dies. And, uh, and, and Victor says, no one needs to protect me, father. I will become powerful. I will become strong. I will avenge your death. And then in a thought balloon that Stanley and Jack Kirby portray here, that John Byrne portrays later in the 80s as he does an expansive retelling of this origin, the same thought balloon is here. He says he did not mean protect you, boy. He meant protect the world from the son who bears the name Von Doom. So it's this, you know, because he knows that the blood of, of his mother, the blood of a witch, of a sorceress, flows powerfully in Victor Von Doom. Well, uh, Victor Von Doom, now that he's lost his father, says, they murdered my mom, they killed my father. I will make all of mankind pay for this. So this is a great origin story. This tortured boy, arrogant, very confident son, his gentle father was died trying to save him as he was pursued for failing to meet up to the, you know, impossible standards that the baron of, of, of the land has put upon him. Well, now, uh, in his grief, you know, uh, and, 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 and he wanders around the tent, his father's and mother's tent, and uh, he sees the trunk that his father couldn't destroy, that couldn't be destroyed by a boulder, couldn't be destroyed by fire, could not be destroyed by him hacking at it with a sword. And it opens for Victor Von Doom, and he finds, you know, potions, uh, 
strange scientific secrets, it says. Um, why did I never know that my mom was a witch? I will learn all her secrets. So at this point, we see we leave him at around 10 years old. And when we see him again, he looks like 18, 20 years old in this Fantastic Four annual. And he has... Uh, He's kind of become a snake oil salesman. This this passage of Victor Von Doom's life, now that he's discovered the trunk and the secrets of his mother's magic that was clearly very protected and intended only for him, he has become a bit of a huckster and a snake oil salesman in that it shows this, this uh, very rich man who uh, is playing a fiddle. And he says, incredible to Victor Von Doom. I have never played a fiddle before but yet when i touch it i am a master of it and and von doom says for the right price this can be yours this power can be yours my lord and so the man gives him a a a bag of gold and leaves believing that now he is a concert level you know fiddle player and uh he uh it, it says that 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 victor von doom exhibits the feet the features of a demigod and the cunning of a demon well, as they leave, and he sh- and Boris is now alongside eighteen-year-old Victor Von Doom. He says, "Why would he, why would he pay a fortune for that fiddle?" And he says, "Because I control it with this device that I've created." So now we see this scientific device that Victor Von Doom has created. He goes, "I made the fiddle play as well as it did while I was in his presence via this remote control." But once I press this button on this remote control. It will stop, and he will see that he he does not have this power at all. But we have the money, and uh, and 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 Boris says, "What kind of scientific sorcery have you created here?" And Victor Von Doom dismisses it. It's nothing. It's a childish trick. It's not worthy of my great talents. So the fiddle completely stops playing. The man is pissed and destroys the fiddle, and 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 goes, "I will make this boy pay for what he's done." Later on, it shows that as he travels from town to town, he tells another rich man that uh, that, that that he gives him these salves and potions that will cure him of his migraine headaches. But when he wakes up in the middle of the night, all his hair's fallen off. And, 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 and his wife comes into the room and this gentleman's name is Otto. And she says, Otto, why are you crying out? And he goes, look at my head. The gypsy salves cured my headaches. But look at what it, it has done to my hair. And now he's, you know, bald and he's pissed. So then it shows another important, very rich man summoning his guards because someone stole his golden statue that he procured from the young gypsy. And the soldier says, that was no gold statue, sir. The minute you left the room, it, it, it transformed into the lump of the mud, a lump of mud that you see before you. So Victor um, Von Doom is traveling up and down the countryside, uh, ripping people off with trickery of scientific and, and sorcery fashion. And, and it finally shows he is in front of a, of a, of a firing squad. And, and they are, all the guns are ready and they execute him fire and they shoot and the 18 year old Von Doom standing there defiantly says, you will all live to regret this. They shoot him and nothing happens. The bullets bounce off of him. The man goes up to him to, to Victor Von Doom and shakes him and examines him. His face falls off and we see that he is a robot or as Dr. Franklin on $6 million man and buying a woman would say, a fimbot. She is, he is a fem, but except a male 
Robot is not a fembot. I just wanted to say. Fembot! You are nothing compared to my fembots, Steve Austin. Oh, it's so good. My fembots can overwhelm you, Oscar Goldman. So anyway, uh, Dr. Doom is making robots now. Okay, so so somewhere in the gypsy landslide, in the Stanley Jack Kirby lore of all this, it's a bit of a leap that he is now constructing entirely functioning robots that can act as duplicates of him, which would serve the later uh, lore of Dr. Doom so great because he has Doombots. He suddenly, in, in the history of Marvel, especially when we go like deeper into the 70s and the 80s, it's a trope they use all the time. The Doombots are used to great expense, possibly even overused, but this is where it's established that he can make these robot duplicates of himself and they only become more powerful over time. It then shows the tanks rolling into the gypsy towns to destroy the gypsies because they're not going to take the standing down. This kid duped them. They shot, they, 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 they put a robot that looks like him up into the firing squad and, and, and incurred, you know, it, it destroyed the pride and, and incurred the wrath of these powerful men in, 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 in the, in the land, you know, in the country that, 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 that he's traveling through. And so, the military is dispatched to wipe out all the gypsies and you find that he has treated all their gypsy wagons with a special compound, making them impervious to any kind of shell. He says this as these tanks, firepower is ricocheting off all of these, uh, you know, gypsy wagons. And then Von Doom says, you know, let's see how imper impervious they are to my latest weapon, the freeze, the, the, the freeze grenade. And they laugh as he throws the grenade at them and says, does this boy think this grenade is going to destroy our tanks? And then it oozes out thermal, you know, uh, energy and, and the temperature drops to uh, below 100 degrees and the tanks and the men are frozen and they are incapable of pursuing the gypsy, the gypsy. So Von Doom has foiled their efforts with his, again, superior technology. And uh, so the legend of, of, of Von Doom grows because it, it's also revealed that all of the money that he took, ripping off all of these wealthy men and, and royal people, selling them phony miracles and tricks and technological um, deceptions, he gives to everybody in the gypsy countryside. So he's absolutely a Stan and Jack, kind of a twisted version of Robin Hood. He is... Um, giving most of the money that he is shaking these people down with to his fellow gypsies um, and then reinvesting whatever he has into making robots and technological weapons that is greater than anything that they're encountering. So uh, he is concocting a strange brew in his laboratory when Boris informs him that there's an American man who has been, who, who is finally, who is outside among the gypsy encampment who has been searching for him. And this man here identifies himself as a dean of, of, of the science of uh, uh, at a state university. He's the dean of science at the state university. He has heard many interesting things about Von Doom, and he wants to offer him a full scholarship and that he can come and take advantage of all of the technology that they have at this American institution. And he says, this will allow me to have the latest scientific apparatus apparatuses at my disposal. So... Uh, he accepts the, uh, the 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 full scholarship, and he tells Boris, "You remain with these gypsies, and I will, you know, see you upon my return. You have always been loyal to me." And so uh, he says, "Look, I will I will stay and wait for you, my lord, until you return." So Von Doom arrives uh, in New York 
at, at this uh, at this university where they're going to let him expand his his uh, awareness and expand his applications with state of the art uh, technology. It shows he blows off Reed Richards, who he meets and does not want Reed to share a room with him, and uh, because he, Reed is looking to, to room with someone else, and he's like, I desire privacy. You and I will never room together. And uh, Reed even says, man, you're, you're, you're acting a little bit like a mad scientist because he's he's talking about like, you know, uh, very lofty and, and, and sinister. And Reed picks up on this and says, all right, buddy, fine, you know, fair enough. I'll, I'll find another room. And of course, uh, you know, Reed ends up uh, rooming with Ben Grimm, which is a great kind of dovetail. This is how Reed and Ben meet in the Marvel Universe as roommates at the university. And Reed even says, aren't you that great football player? And he goes, oh, um, that's me, buddy. And he's like, uh, this, this, is, this is great. Reed is excited that he is going to room with the touchdown king, okay? But then it shows that Von Doom, while he's at the university, really amps up his uh, his, his experimentations and the level of 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 uh, you know of of sorcery and scientific technological you know exploitation that he's been doing, and it's got this picture of him like pouring liquids into this you know into this cauldron. And he's saying, my knowledge and my power is expanding every day. So you're like, wow, this this one panel is very creepy. I mean, he's at an American university, New York City, at this, you know, uh, uh, in in this technological scholarship and scientific scholarship. And yet he's conjuring spells, which clearly are enhancing his knowledge and power. As he says, my knowledge, dot, 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 my power, dot, 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 they increase with each passing day. Well, it says here one day, and this is great, Reed wanders by again, trying to make connections, trying, realizing how smart he is, Victor Von Doom is, and wanting to connect with him as, as the other big brain on campus. And he comes into the room, knocks on the door. It shows, you know, the, the, the doors open asks if anybody's home, sees the equa- these equations on the table and lifts them up and glances them over. And he's like, wow, he is experimenting with matter transmutation and dimensional warps. This is Reed. This is far out stuff. From the next room, Von Doom emerges and just chews Reed's ass out and says, get out of here. Give me this. You, you, you shouldn't be meddling with, with my work. And Reed says, "Hey, just just a word word of you know advance notice here. Just a, just a friendly warning. You need to better. You need to double check your your formulas here. You're off on your equations by a few decimal points. Um, it could be the difference between success and failure for you." Von Doom throws him out, and of course, then we see what he's building in his uh, expanded room. And the guy even says, Oh, if the university finds out what you're doing, you're going to get expelled for sure. Von doom. Cause he's got like a lab assistant. So he's, you know, his henchman. And so then, uh, it says, you know, uh, these are forbidden experiments you're trying. And right here, this one word trying to contact the nether world. And that is when Von doom says, just do as I tell you, throw the switch. The room explodes. The, the 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 entire machinery explodes, and uh, Victor Von Doom barely survives. And of course, Reed's uh, calculations were correct. He underestimated Reed Richards, who was just trying to help him. The decimal points were off. All of his calculations were slightly off, which resulted in this terrible, 
accident, which then we find Victor Van du- Von Doom's entire face bandaged. We can't see other than his eyes. The uh, the, uh, uh, the the chancellor comes in and expels him from school for putting everyone under harm with his uh, experiments. And Von Doom says, bah. I love it. He's the one character I read early as a kid who said, bah, bah. He says, you can't teach me anything anyway. I'm out of here. And then we don't see his face. We see him from behind smashing into a mirror and we just see the lowest part of his, a fraction of his skull because his his head is hanging low as he smashes the window. And this is the great, this is one of the great aspects of Victor Von Doom. He says, I have been turned hideous. I am ugly. What have I done? What have I done to myself? My face is horrible. No other eyes must ever gaze upon it. I will hide it from the sight of mankind somewhere, somehow. All right couple things we need to pivot on here. Jack Kirby famously did interviews through the 70s and 80s where he said the intention was, given that in, in the experiment you see that Von Doom is mostly, he's, he's inside the machine. The machine is almost covering, is covering down to his like, you know, chest. And then he's strapped into this heavy, you know, metal, I mean, it looks like a iron metals chair, very technologically advanced wired gizmos. So if the explosion happened, you know, we don't know, we didn't see him inside the machine, but the bottom line is that he was, uh, however he was compromised, you know, he was likely protected by the apparatus itself. But Jack Kirby said that what he always wanted, we always... Victor Von Doom refers to, especially every aspect of his origin story, is that he made himself hideous. And if I haven't hit this note, he is drawn extremely handsome. 18-year-old Von Doom on is an extremely handsome young man. He looks like, you know, European royalty. He has movie star good looks. Great looking guy. More handsome than a Reed Richards. And now he is, uh, he is completely despondent over that he has been turned hideous. The the trick was, Jack Kirby said, if we, and they never showed his face, Jack never showed his face. Stan and Jack never revealed how he looked under the armor. It was always intended, Jack said, to be one small scar on his cheek. But he viewed that one small scar as so, you know, repugnant and, and, and just so loathsome in that it compromised his beautiful looks that he had been driven mad and, and, and needed to conceal his face because he was no longer perfected. Now, obviously, this is before the age of the, the extensive age of plastic surgery and, and, and uh, procedures that we see done on a routine basis now with, uh, I mean, from teenagers to the elderly, everyone seems to go under the knife and get some sort of augmentation, especially our, our celebrity culture. And now as it's ble- bled into the TikTok Instagram, Snapchat generation, and and you hear and see all of these augmentations, you have to imagine that scar would be easily healed. But this is the 60s, and plastic surgery is not just kind of the, the norm of the day. And I'm sure if we really pressed Jack and Stan, they'd say, well, it would it would it would it would be such an insult for 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 um at this point in his life for him to even attend to the scar. The fact that he that everything is going to be compromised because he ruined his face. And even if he was able to somehow hear this, heal this scar, that there would be a scar of some sort. And so, uh, you know, this, this is what supposedly drives him mad, driving him to Tibet, 
where he meets up with this secret sect and 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 now goes deep into uh more mystic spells sorcery magic and uh eventually he forges an iron mask that he will put over his face to conceal his identity from the rest of the world because now Victor Von Doom must be concealed. And uh, as they're fitting the the entire suit of armor that Von Doom has constructed on him, two men are clasping it all together. They say, let us know if this pains you, Master. These people now worship him and follow him. He's like their their cult leader. They say, uh, he says, pain, what is pain for? Pain is only for lesser men. What can pain mean to such as Victor Von Doom? His dialogue is fantastic. This, This is great stuff. They go, the mask is ready, Father. I mean, the mask is ready, Master. And they pull it out of this smoking cauldron. It's clearly red hot. And they, uh, they, 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 they say it has not cooled yet. And he says, put it on me. <clears throat> I will never gaze. I will never again, never again will mortal eyes gaze upon the hideous countenance of Victor Von Doom. So a pivot here. What John Byrne did is then kind of pick up on Jack Kirby, uh, idea that there was only a, a small scar. John depicts this in his retelling of the Dr. Doom's origin in his epic run. Again, one of the reasons Byrne has such a voice just in, in why we talk to him so much. I mean, the dude uh, like literally wrote um, like like almost 80, 90 Fantastic Four stories between Marvel 2 and 1, the Thing solo stories, and his run on Fantastic Four. This guy wrote was the voice was the absolute voice um for the fantastic four for uh, the better part of four years and and that that is four consecutive years and and that is like my entire high school age he was authoring the fantastic four so freshman sophomore junior senior year that is an impression that is an impression on you he tells he retells the story of uh, of dr doom um really beautifully rendered by the way um re- retells this story uh in fantastic four let's see what issue is this he uh oh man and and, and and it really it is some of we sleep on how well these books were illustrated and how beautiful they are the uh he retells the story let me see what issue this is this is um, Fantastic Four 278. In Fantastic Four 278, he takes some of the sequences, not all of them, some of the sequences from the Fantastic Four annual. Number two, where Stan and Jack unveiled this magnificently layered, really detailed layered um, origin of Victor Von Doom. He adds to this, really beat uh, the, the two elements, that, that what, I, what I talked about, the face being obscured and... John Byrne does, in fact, reveal that there is this handsome face with it's it's more than a little scar, but it's it's like a cable scar. It's that length. It runs down his cheek. It's 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 you know some inches, and it looks like something that you could potentially correct. So his face isn't grotesquely you know um, disfigured, but but he is so furious by this that he goes and gets this red hot mask and by putting the red hot mask on before he lets it cool, that is what truly disfigures his face. So his arrogance leads to him completely. This tiny scar turns into melting his entire face because he's just miserable that he has no longer got this perfect, beautiful visage 
to gaze upon. But let's go back to what is he doing before the explosion? He is trying to reach the nether world, okay? He is trying to contact the nether. Why is he trying to contact the nether world? He's trying to contact the nether world to contact his mom, whose soul belongs to the devil, who belongs to Mephisto. And when he goes to Tibet and he goes to this mountain and, and, and trains with these monks who, who, who become all entirely subservient to him, this is when he becomes a deadly, deadly sorcerer. And over time, he dabbles in the dark arts and it is established that, that, that he has the blood of his mother, few, you know, surging through him and this is also what is picked up on in this magnificent uh doctor strange doctor doom i have a first run it's an oversized it's like it's it's like nine by twelve hardcover this this thing is magnificent i got it the day it came out comes out in 1989 okay and this is the story of this this modern day in 1989 tournament of sorcerers where doctor doom is barely loses to Doctor Strange. And then at, by winning, Strange has to grant him a wish. And Strange is pissed. He tells the Ashanti, he tells the, the ancient one, he says, I don't want to grant him a wish. Like, he, he's an awful person. And, and, and he says, he says, uh, you don't understand, Doctor Strange. You do not receive a boon as a result of becoming the Sorcerer Supreme. You grant a boon to the other mystic who evaded this mantle of, of Sorcerer Supreme. The only one who qualifies is Victor Von Doom. And so Strange says, you cannot be serious. He's a ruthless dictator. And he says, it does not matter. You are duty bound to fulfill the wish to the best of your ability. This is the way of the Vishanti. And he says, I will not uh, advance Doom's plans to con conquer the world. And Doom says, you misjudge me, doctor. I have no need to employ mysticism in matters of state. I need it to defeat an unholy demon and release my mother's soul. And you guys, they go on this journey into hell where Strange and Doom uh, create this bargain and barter with the devil upon which the devil accepts. It is within Doom's power to have this uh, wish. He, he gets to Mephisto and the wish is that he submits he wishes that Doctor Strange change his soul for his mother, thereby freeing his mother. His mother is so pissed off. His mother's there, standing next to Mephisto. Cynthia Von Doom is in the depths of Hades. And she says, I am disgraced by you, Von Doom, that you would trick another man into giving his soul for mine. I refuse it. So check this out. By refusing it, but Mephisto has to grant it, and he does. She refuses it. And by refusing it, she releases Doctor Strange, but also her soul is released. And at the end, Doom, Doctor Strange does wonder if Doom knew that all along, that Doom was, of course, creating this show, this this gambit with which Doctor Strange would forfeit his life for his mom's. Mephisto would grant it. She would then deny it. And by denying it, release the bond. And so they're all free. And that's when Mephisto freaking brings hell down around them and they escape and come back. And Mephisto vows that this will not be the last time that they tangle. And they throw every aspect of their supernatural mystic arts at Doctor at, at, at Mephisto, both Doom and Strange, the two doctors. So all the technological stuff, he steals the Baxter building early on. He creates an army of Doombots. He has an armor 
that can um, that can can stand toe to toe with the greatest uh, of Marvel's heroes, Iron Man, Thor. Um, he has had an undying craving and lust for power. He has duped Silver Surfer into giving him his cosmic powers, which proved to be too much for Doom and and threatened to to, to drive him to madness before he had to give them up. But um, he has craved all manner of power. He has mastered time travel. He is in that same Fantastic Four annual. He goes into a dimensional warp and meets Ramatut, who's tied in with Kang the Conqueror, who we're going to get to. He is definitely part of this bring on the bad guys deep dive. And Ramatut says he is an ancestor of Dr. Doom, which then makes Dr. Doom believe that they are not ancestors. They are one and the same person. And perhaps Ramatut is him in the future coming back to the past. Or is Doom a manifestation of Ramatut himself? It is so complicated. They have this great diatribe. And what ultimately is decided is that Ramatut will re- replace, will bring back uh, uh, Doom to the present so that they can keep this, this Mobius strip going, this time loop, and, 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 and not compromise their plans. And, and, and Ramatut says, I did great things, but I was defeated by the Fantastic Four. And Doom says, I was also defeated by the Fantastic Four. Repeatedly, Doom establishes that Reed Richards is, again, his only, um, the, the only genius equivalent to his, the only intellect, the only smarts, you know, the only brain that can rival his in terms of, you know, I- imagination and, and, and uh, accomplishment in terms of science. So everything I just unloaded on you, this could be a six episode series of its own. Noah Hawley, the writer, producer, director, of uh, Legion and the Fargo series on FX, reportedly Fox engaged before Marvel, uh, before Marvel Comics took uh, took control uh, of, of of the Fox library via the Disney purchase, seventy billion dollars. We have to say it. Um, uh, one day it won't seem weird to me that seventy billion dollars was paid by Disney to acquire the entire Fox library, and and integral in that was these Marvel. Uh, Marvel characters being Fantastic Four and the X-Men and, 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 and everything in between. And I mean, those two universes alone are vast and they're packed. And, and, and it was understood that Fox did a deal with Noah Hawley to make a standalone Doctor Doom movie. And I remember when I heard that, when I heard that announcement that there was going to be a standalone Doctor Doom movie, I was like, that's perfect. Given all the material I just shared with you guys, young Doom discovering his mom was a witch, discovering what his mom did as a witch, discovering, you know, how she died. Then her father, this, his father, this gentle healer was abused and then died trying to preserve Victor's life upon which then Boris takes in Doom and he discovers his mom's, you know, uh, trunk of magic and, and begun, begins delving into this. And, and Marv Wolfman did this fantastic novelization of the Fantastic Four upon which you see that Doom, on the annual, uh, uh, the anniversary of his mother's passing, he would battle with Mephisto for her soul. He would summon Mephisto and battle for her soul. And again, you're, you're talking a next level sorcerer here. In the comics also, in the Bronze Age, in the 80s, um, he uh, time traveled and, and Iron Man and he were both back in the court of King Arthur and uh, Dr. Doom tries to take Morgan Le Fay's powers and use utilize them for himself. He has this thirst to grab power. And, uh, and uh, 
in the very, uh, I think the second Secret Wars series where Jim Shooter had the Beyonder. And the Beyonder was a cosmic character that was maybe the single most powerful character they've ever introduced in the Marvel Universe. Too powerful to hang around. So powerful that he relocated all of Marvel's top heroes and villains on a planet uh, for them to battle for his amusement. And we covered that in our Secret Wars episode. That is a uh, really, we unpacked so much in our Secret War podcast. It's in the library. Seek it out. It goes into a much more detailed dive as to who the Beyonder was. But the Beyonder was mainly this giant cosmic being that could uh, summon even the likes of Galactus. They Again, Secret Wars was a toy line. And to get this toy line and to get this dedicated battle between the villains and the heroes, they created the storyline. And the storyline created this new character called the Beyonder, who was this gigantic cosmic godlike being who who was so powerful he could pit them against each other. Doom, between Secret Wars, Secret Wars 2, he craves the Beyonder's power. And just like the Silver Surfer's power that he um, twice attempted to obtain, he um, would compromise himself. And he also would then try and take another Herald of Galactus. There, there's not a Herald of Galactus, these people that Galactus grants this cosmic power to, that, that, that Dr. Doom did not try and tap. He also tried to tap in Terax as well, and it consumed him. And along the way, it was uh, meant for the Beyonder to bring him back from when Doom was killed, consuming too much cosmic power. And so it was a convenient way to put him back, because I'm telling you guys, look at the way he looks. Dr. Doom looks amazing, and Jack's visual of Dr. Doom has been sent by many as the inspiration for Darth Vader himself, and you can see immediately Jack believed that, that, that his visual for Doom was used, and as did you know so many others in 1977. Not Darkseid. Darkseid's a guy made of like stone, has a stony visage, but Doom with his, you know, his capes, his 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 robes, and then having a metal shell, and and I mean Doctor Doom, great name, uh, great origin, fantastic powers, has the has basically Iron Man's armor, and is a has a nation, has an army, has a kingdom, uh, is a political power, and and is also this wicked next level sorcerer, and so Noah Hawley was supposed to do a standalone Doctor Doom movie and it would it is not a leap on any level to think that he could have done a series six episodes the rise of doom i don't think that's how we're going to get doom so that's just me now pontificating again i don't want to lead you down the wrong path that is just me going oh what did we leave behind do i believe that maybe he met with feige um and and feige maybe politely said hey we're not going to go in that direction because you don't hear a whole lot um again a lot of planes didn't take off the runway um, the X-Force movie did not get take off. Uh, the, 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 the Gambit movie did not take off. A lot of planes were ground, grounded, including, I believe, this Doctor Doom by Noah Hawley. But Hawley, with his twisted kind of um, storytelling and sensibilities, I think would have been the perfect guy. And eventually, I believe we're going to see Doom. And I believe Doom will be as powerful as Thanos was depicted to be, given his this amazing, can you believe Stan and Jack gave this supernatural bend to him way back in, in, in Fantastic Four Annual 2 in the 1960s. This origin is solid. It has great character, um, inspiration, torment, um, vows of, 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 of ruling mankind. At the end of the annual, he is standing over the, 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 the gypsy, you know, landslide where he had, uh, land, land, 
landscape site that Boris and he go to to commemorate his mother and his father. And he says, I, I am committed to driving, to, to ruling all mankind. As a result of all that has happened to me, I will rule all mankind and put them under my rule. And uh, then it shows him walking back through the village and everyone bowing to him. And children are told to be silent in his presence as he walks by. And you see the regal sense that Dr. Doom gives off. So has a kingdom, badass sorcerer, been told he is the heir, is, is a worthy sorcerer supreme if Dr. Strange, Stephen Strange, was not. Um, has wielded cosmic power, is a technological marvel, has time traveled. This guy is the full... Uh, he is the full portfolio. He is the full load. He is the full arsenal. He is he is coming. I know he is coming. That that he is the single, in my opinion, richest, maybe not most powerful, but he's certainly up there. I, I told you guys in a couple podcasts earlier that that Magneto was really um, they had powered him up substantially. But as we see Wanda and we watch her exhibit her powers, um, there 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 is a manner and a idea with which that Dr. Doom would stand toe-to-toe with Thanos in his Infinity Gauntlet and have figured out via his sorcery and via his um, his technological prowess that he could stand toe-to-toe. I mean, this is one of, if not the very biggest villains in the history of comic books. I believe he is Marvel's greatest villain, and he is their richest character. This background, this story, this arrogance, these constant ways that he, he can't get out of his own way, but the mother... Um, angle, the father angle, the, uh, the 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 intellect, the witch's blood, the sorcery. It's fantastic. I I just I urge you, all of you, don't rely on what you're getting on the TV and the n- n- streaming and the in the theater. Go into the comics, read comics. Like that's my new like like especially after watching all the confused people going. But I didn't know Wanda was this powerful. Why is this doing? Why are they betraying her? Why are they time? Why are they powering her up? It's like they're not powering up. She's always been this powerful. You just didn't, you just don't turn the pages. The only pages you turn, you know, are the ones that you do via your remote control. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like you're, you're not reading the rich history of these characters and they will give you a roadmap where you know kind of where the end of, 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 of their stories wind up, if not the end, the evolution of their stories. So WandaVision really set me off on this path. I had to tell you about Dr. Doom today. Bring on the bad guys is rich. It is rich. We are going to examine at different intervals that we're just, it, we're going to drop in every few weeks, drop in another, bring on, bring on the bad guy. We've got Dormammu. We've got Galactus. We've got, you know, Magneto. We need to exam- Magneto has not ever exhibited the true extent of his power. They've done some really clever things with him in the movies. I think they did the most clever thing with him. I'll, I'll get on that. When we do Magneto, but these bad guys are going to be the guys that are that our characters are going to come up against, and none is more frightening and powerful and and just fantastic than Victor Von Doom, Doctor Doom himself. You guys, it'll be great when we finally see him. He's coming. I know he's coming. When I do not know, but uh, but he's too rich to not grab all the spotlight in the very very near future. Thank you once again for going down this road. We love the comic books. I love the comic books. I spent all weekend putting Mylar covers on my Fantastic Four run. So maybe that was a a road. I've been trying to restore my comic collection and, and uh, 
taking off all the old bags and boards and restoring them with new bags and boards. And there's certain runs I want mylar. I love that shiny plastic. It's intoxicating. But so, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be going down this path, bring on the bad guys. This is part one. This is Dr. Doom. I hope that you, uh, learned a little more about Victor Von Doom and everything that torments him and why he's going to be so formidable when he steps on the stage. Please, uh, talk to me, contact me on social media. I am at Robert Liefeld on the Twitter. I am at Rob Liefeld on Instagram. Both accounts have blue checks. I'm the real deal, not the fake guys. There are fake guys. Avoid them. Um, that's I say it every time for a reason. And uh, and and uh, on Facebook, I'm there. I'm around. I'm all over social media. I absolutely love talking to you guys. Please subscribe, download, uh, spread the word. Um, uh, uh, we this this is a dedicated comic book pop culture podcast. It will continue to be that. Thank you for your listens and your shares. You guys know the deal. This is where you commit to taking care of yourself and you are going to stay safe and we will talk again real soon. (laughs) 